So this day, this fourth Sunday of Advent, we have a couple of more hours of Advent, of course. <laughs> when uh, December 24th falls on a Sunday, we get the joy of Advent 4 and Christmas Eve all in the same day. So we have a couple more hours of this expectant hope. And, and in Advent 4, we have this reading, the Annunciation, right? This Mary is prominent in our reading today. And, um, and as sad as I am that John's not feeling good, I really am very sad about this. Uh, I am also honored and grateful to have an opportunity to, last night I was putting together some things. I love Advent art and I love Advent poetry. And so to kind of bring some of that together for us this morning. And there are so many different ways that Mary has been depicted, aren't there? Like, I grew up Roman Catholic. Maybe some of you did also. And so in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, at the front of every, um, at the front behind the uh, altar is almost always a beautiful statue of Mary in her perfect robe that's clean, crisp clean, and she's holding the baby Jesus, Right. And I've also um, loved, a few years ago, I was at Canoga, and I took an iconography class. And so I created an icon, kind of in the Eastern Orthodox tradition. And you know, in those icons, again, she looks so clean and pristine, and she's got the halo behind her, right? So Mary is so prominent in our tradition, and there's so many different ways that we depict her. There's a theologian uh, I'm, very, I'm very taken with, and her name is Elizabeth Johnston. And um, Elizabeth Johnston speaks to the fact she really lifts up the lowliness of Mary. She lifts up the fact that this was a young woman in a man's world, in a patriarchal society. This was a woman of limited means. This was a woman who was of Jewish heritage in Palestine living under Roman occupation. So that's a powerful image of Mary. And in a way, we could think about Mary having no power because of all those things I just said. And yet, in our reading today, we learn she has quite a lot of power, doesn't she? She has a lot of power in many different ways but it wasn't power given to her by society at all. So because we're in the parish hall, I can share with you this depiction of Mary. Has anyone ever seen this before? Okay, I'm gonna tell, you have, okay. Yes, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the artist and then we're gonna wonder together a little bit about what this depiction of Mary might have for us in our lives today. So the artist is a man named Henry Osawa Tanner. And he grew up in the late 19th century. He's an African-American artist. His father was a priest in the African Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia, near my hometown of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. He, her, his mother was an escaped slave. And the way she got out was on the Underground Railroad. So that is the man that painted this picture that's behind me. Being a holy man, his father had hoped when he saw that his son had great promise with art that he would use his art to create religious art. And ultimately, that's what happened. So um, if you've ever been to uh, Philadelphia back in the day, there was a big store called Wanamaker's. Has anybody ever heard of Wanamaker's? 
Okay, now we're connecting. <laughs> so Rodman Wanamaker was from that, that Wanamaker family, and he loved art, and he paid for, he sponsored Henry Osawa Tanner to go to the Middle East on multiple trips so that he could better depict the topography and the people for his religious art. And so this came about after those many trips. Another thing I want you to know about Henry Osawa Tanner is that his work was actually juried at the Salon in Paris, and he won accolades many times. So just think with me about this. We have a 19th century African-American man born to a humble priest and a, a former slave who has created art that brings us to our knees over a hundred years later. I guess nothing is impossible with God. So when you look at this art, when you look at this depiction of Mary, I want you to just gaze at that for a moment. And I wonder, what do you see? How does, what stirs in your heart about this rendition of Mary at the Annunciation? So a few things I notice. I notice that it looks like her bed linens are rumpled. Okay? So like, she was sleeping. I mean, come on, what a wake-up call, right? <laughs> She's sound asleep. And then this happens. I also notice, I don't know if you could see it from there, but if you choose to Google this up later, you can kind of see her bare feet creeping out from underneath her bedclothes. And to me, that just reminds us of her humanity, of her vulnerability. She's so very real. And then check out the tilt of her head. What? Yeah. So it kind of depicts the pondering. You know, she was pondering what he said. But I don't know if I see so much fear. Do you? It's kind of like, so I think about, I've raised a teenage girl. And, you know, there's a, I love teenage girls and boys, all of them. But there's some phase many girls go through where they're kind of like, you know, I know a lot. <laughs> so maybe she's like, you know, I know a lot. What are you trying to tell me here? I don't know, maybe not. But I did, that did run through my mind. This is a beauty thing about, beautiful thing about art and poetry. We interpret it like scripture in our hearts of where God is speaking to us in that moment. And the last thing I want to point out in this is look at that depiction of the angel. There's no wings. It's abstract, right? And so in my own life, in walking with so many others in their spiritual journeys, the only time winged creatures have come into the mix with a message have been I do hear a lot of people say that cardinals landing in certain places remind them of people who have died. I don't know if that's true for you, but I've heard that many times. And I know sometimes there might be like a, a hawk or another 
uh, uh, bird that comes by that feels like there's some kind of profound message. But I don't know anyone who uh, a winged angel showed up and started talking to them. But often we have these kind of diffuse experiences of knowing God has a message for us. Have you had that experience? Have you ever had that experience? And I kind of wonder if that's not what Henry Osawa Tanner is giving a nod to in this very abstract depiction of the angel, the way that God comes to us in kind of, I don't know, just a sense of presence, a sense of knowing, a sense of encounter. So perhaps we have heard the story of the Annunciation so many times, we can forget that these are not actors in a play who know how it's going to end. These are real people with real fears and real experiences. And so let's think about this young woman who is being asked to do something that in the culture of her day, in the culture of her time, she could lose her life by saying yes. This is a scary ask that has been made of her. And she comes from humble means, and so there's no one to help dig her out of this. It helps us to connect with the courage that Mary must have had to say this holy yes. And I've got to believe that not only was it terrifying and dangerous for Mary, but could we imagine this was terrifying and dangerous for God? For God to choose to be poured out into the womb of a vulnerable young woman who had very little protection around her, to choose to be born in that way at that time, maybe, maybe was a bit terrifying for God as well. I don't know. I'm just wondering with you. So then Mary engages with the angel with a really reasonable question. She says, how can it be? Well, that is for really good reason, right? Like, how? I can't see the end of this. There's no way this is going to happen. And her question doesn't feel like defiance or skepticism. What if her question was actually one of being holy and open to the mystery? How? How can this be? a sense of curiosity, a, a sense of wondering at that time. And in this encounter, we see what is called Mary's fiat, her holy yes. When she declares, here am I, the servant of the Lord, let, me, let it be with me according to your word. And with that holy yes, the trajectory of the world is changed. The whole course is different. One holy yes. So here we are, just a few hours of Advent left. <laughs> Got a couple more to go, right? And Advent is a time of expectant hope. It really is. It's also a time, hopefully, if you've had some space to really live into it. I know that's a lot harder for those of us who have young children running around and things, but it, hopefully there's also some time for reflection. And I think whenever we go into self-reflection, we 
we also can maybe reflect on the things in our lives where there's pain, where there's hurt, where there's disappointment or grief or whatever. And so I think we can be like Mary in a way and wonder, how can anything good come from this? How can anything good come from this? But if you think about it, it's Mary's very lowliness of being a woman in a man's world that makes it possible for her to create the womb for God to be born. It's from her very weakness and what culture says is weakness that she is Theotokos, the Christ bearer. And so it has me wondering, where in my life, where in your life, is God desiring to enter into something that, to create something new that might be just unimaginable to you? Is there a place in your life that you cannot imagine that God could create something good from this? Maybe a fractured relationship, an addiction, perhaps some financial struggles, a grief, a sense of weariness of war in the world, right? It is these very places. And perhaps we've dealt for some of us with this issue for so long and it's felt impossibly dark that we could not imagine that something good could come from this. But I want to lift up our artist, Henry Osawa Tanner, because if he said, oh, I'm a lowly you know, person in the 19th century with very little power, and he didn't exercise the art, the, the gift of the art that he had been given and co-create with God, this beautiful depiction that we're looking at right now, we would not have this piece of art that still brings us to our knees 120 years later. Advent is a season of hope. Could we trust and could we imagine that nothing is impossible with God? If you trusted this, if you believed this in your heart, what holy yes would you say? So six years ago, there, was a, there were a series of Advent poems that were published that were from prisoners. And the poems were created under the support and direction of their prison chaplain. Someone I hope I get to meet one day because I so admire her when you read her work. It's amazing. Her name is Liz Milner, and she was in Santa Clara, California at the time. I want to read to you something that Liz wrote and share with you one of those poems. So Liz wrote, The jails, places of darkness and fear, are brimming with hope and defiance of hopelessness. We worked with the inmates to write about that hope. Then Liz goes on to say, The first step was to remember, acknowledge, and face where we have come from and where we are now. Then we looked ahead with hope. We looked ahead with hope to what we long for and what God has promised. And out of that time, a person named E, I don't know if E is a man or a woman, they're all identified just by a letter, and she worked with men and with women. But E wrote a poem I want to share with you now. It's called The Light in the Mirror. When I look into the mirror, I see brokenness. I see dark spots. Nothing looks clear. It is so heavy. It is so dark. 
even myself, I cannot see behind. It is really painful. It's not who I am. I don't see the goodness. I don't see the happiness, the happy I was. Today, I desire to change my life. I go back to the mirror to see one more time. I saw a tiny light behind all the dark. The tiny light was writing on the mirror. You have one more chance. What are you waiting for? Try one more time. Don't look at the past because I am ready to shine through you the rest of your life. Thank you, my Lord. Yesu Christo. So, my friends, E's poem. Mary's humble station, their inspiration for us to trust that the most vulnerable and broken parts of us, the shame, the fear, the anger, the whatever, that's the crack where the light shines through. Trust that Christ is in that crack, filling it with light. The God that was born to an impoverished refugee can be born anew each and every day. We are invited to offer our holy and brave yeses. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Amen.